0: I was not the typical person to read books at all. I'd actually make fun of all, we call them the nerds at the library when I used to pass by with all the cool kids. And so it was never like I was obsessed with books. I found it to be a waste of time. Obviously, when I got in trouble um, and I was in jail, you had nothing to do. So I picked up books and that's kind of where it all started. And I can't believe the amount of information that is in these books, just the knowledge in there.
1: Welcome to The Visible Leader, the podcast that challenges conventional leadership and inspires you to create a workplace culture that empowers your team. Join me as I talk to thought leaders and change makers about practical ways to apply new learning and rethink the status quo. Get ready to become a visible leader in your organization. Joey Sapilli is one of my favourite guests so far. He is certainly up there in the top five. He was in prison trying to decide what direction to take his life. And he went from that to running one of the largest popcorn manufacturers in North America. And he had to make loads of decisions along the way. He had to decide what kind of leader he was going to be. And he had to put his ego aside in order to grow the business to the size it is now. He's done a lot of learning. He's read a lot of books. And you're going to hear all about that with the five books he's found most inspirational. So sit back, get comfy, maybe open up some popcorn and get ready to be inspired. I'm really looking forward to chatting to my guest today, Joseph Sapilli. He's gone from growing up in the ghettos of Montreal, helping raise his brothers, hanging out with the wrong crowd, getting into the trouble with the law and having to choose between jail or rehab, to co-founding a business that's become one of the largest manufacturers of popcorn in North America. It supplies all major players, including Disney, the NBA, and Costco. In 2022, he sold a portion of his business for $10 million to a VC firm, and in the process has scooped up many, many awards. Joey, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: It's a pleasure. So it's been a bit of a journey all that way. I was just wondering, now you've been through all of that, the ups, and there's obviously been some downs in the mix. I just wondered how you would describe yourself as a leader.
0: I would say I'm a fighter. That's first uh, uh, anything that's put in my way. At the time, I didn't think I can handle it, but looking back now, it made me stronger. Um, it made me into the person I am today, and that's kind of what I want to emulate in my kids now. So it's it's fun to kind of see my life and then not want that same experience. Although I am stronger for it, I still don't want that same experience for my kids, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I just feel like it was an extremely tough uh, upbringing Um, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but it's kind of like a catch 22 Mm -hmm. where I'm stronger for it. So, um, but at the same time, there's many days where I could have ended up dead in jail and that's kind of where it's like okay maybe was i lucky um did i just skate through or was this all meant to be and now i'm stronger so i yeah,
1: i questions yeah. a lot and any any time that there is life threatening things or jail or just discomfort you just don't want your kids like you do want them to learn by their mistakes but it's just a bit harsh isn't it some of that
0: yeah. And especially, I think the biggest thing for, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for me, a big thing was not growing up with a father. Um, I, you know, we were four boys and we didn't really have anybody to tell us no. So that's mm. kind of where the, the trouble started. And that's kind of where the name actually came from of uh, with my company, Bad Monkey Popcorn. We used to be bad monkeys. And that's kind of where the name comes from. My mom actually told us to use that. So uh, we got to thank her for that. But my mom was either doing her double shift or working and didn't know really where we were. Um, you know, we didn't have any rules. So I could at eight eight years old, 10 years old, I could be out and nobody would say anything. So looking mm. back now, um, I follow my kids bus with my car behind. So <laughs> it's a little different when I was just walking to school or not even mm. going to school uh, and nobody even knew. So that that's yeah, a little bit yeah. of a, a change.
1: It's lucky we have you here. <laughs> so when we were chatting about what we talk about on the podcast obviously there's loads to talk about and I picked up from what you were saying that you discovered a real love of books. Yeah. And I thought it would be really interesting to navigate your journey as a leader through your most influential books that you've read. So you've picked out your top 5 which we're going to get to in a minute. I've read two of them so there are others that I'd be interested to hear about. A big thing for me is it's not the knowing that's difficult, it's the doing. And so I'm going to be really interested in hearing how you've turned that theory in the books into something that's made a difference to you as a leader. So I'm going to be super interested in hearing that. So enough of me. Let's kick off with the first book.
0: And before before we get into that, I just wanted to quickly explain, I was not the typical person to read books at all. I'd actually make fun of all, we call them the nerds, at the library when I used to pass by with all the the, the cool kids and, and that we were skipping school. And so it was never like I was obsessed with books. I, I found it to be a waste of time. Um, but obviously, when I got in trouble um, and, and I was in jail for um, whatever how long that was, yeah, nothing to do so i picked up books and that's kind of where it all started from and it's it, my love of, of, of books came from there and i can't believe the amount of free information that is in these books that you could buy for some online for two dollars free uh ebooks or even a 20 dollar book just the knowledge in there that they give away and people every day are passing by these books like it's nothing um, my only problem is I, I don't have that much time these days to read books. so I've now forced myself to make sure I read at least 15 to 30 pages a day. And if I'm not doing that, while I'm exercising, I'm listening to an ebook. or if I'm driving, I used to be blasting music. I now love hearing the ebook because it's it gives me that goal of that 15 to 30 pages a day. and I'm not really doing anything. I'm in traffic anyways, so mm-hmm. I'm learning. You know, I all I'm all about efficiency these days, uh specifically these past fifteen years. It's efficiency for me because time is so limited. So if I'm driving to a business meeting and I'm learning at the same time, I I'm I'm killing two birds with one stone.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I, lo- I love that that goal you've set. Very, very manageable amount, mm-hmm. um, but consistent. So it's about keeping with it rather than um Yeah. Rather than setting something outrageous, it's a little and often. So good. But it's interesting. You say there's lots of this information out there, but it really is about what you do with it, isn't it? There's, there's, there's listening to it and then there's actually having something from it.
0: And and you don't always have to get those typical business books. Um, I I was, I love vampire books when I was a, a bit younger. So like that really didn't do much for me, but it, it just got my mind out of of uh, causing trouble and you know into something fun. I also like bi- biography books. That doesn't really help you really in life. Yeah, you know, I've read a lot of um, of the Italian mafia, uh, hip hop artists, uh, you name it. Share. Uh, I think I have read hers. So it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, just as long as you get out of your comfort zone and, mm. and just force yourself to do something, even if it's something like a vampire book that I find super interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, good point. It's not all about business converting into learning. You do have to sprinkle that
0: in, though, but yeah, I Sprinkle it
1: in. But yeah, actually enjoying what you're reading is quite good. I look forward to hearing about the share. (laughs) Right, so we've got your top five. And these are a mix, actually, aren't they? Um, So what's your for your first one is food rules. So tell me about that.
0: Nobody knows about this. It's 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 actually a small book, uh, look, very easy read, by the way. And each chapter is literally two lines. So there's no excuse to saying, oh, it's it's long, it's big, it's very simple, and it's exactly what it says. It's it's the rules of food, um, and the reason why this is probably a, my number one book. And I bring it. If you could see, it looks disastrous. Yeah,
1: he's properly read that one.
0: Yeah, um, I I bring it everywhere, um, and I've probably read it a hundred times. It's just because anytime you're you're not sure about food or you're not sure about what you're you're eating, you just look in the rule book, and if it's there, then you can eat it. And the reason I did this was because, as I mentioned, I we kind of raised ourselves, so our typical uh, food was microwave, uh, fast food. I don't think I ate an orange until I was 30 years old. So we really just ate whatever we want because we didn't have parents telling us what to do. So it was just like, oh, okay, gra- grab a, a hot dog, a pogo. So we we just ate anything. And then I ended up developing, um, I wouldn't say it w- I wouldn't say an illness, but uh, close to a disease where I had stomach issues. Uh, you know, I, I basically every second would have to go to the washroom, or I'd have stomach cramps, or I'd have to, as far as take days off uh, because my my stomach was killing. And I can go into more details. But um, I think your viewers get the picture. It was just a disaster. My stomach was just a melting pot. And then I said to myself, why is my stomach hurting? And I'm asking these great questions, but I'm not realizing my body's a temple. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not eating, you don't have to eat celery or broccoli every day. But what I was ingesting was just pure, pure garbage. And then Sometimes I realize, man, I'm hungry, or that wasn't hunger. That was withdrawal. So it was withdrawal from the drugs that they put in the food. Um, and I don't want to go on a rant about what, what's out there these days because I still, you know, once in a while in, indulge myself. But it's, it's exactly that once in a while. So just picking up this book, um, a good friend of mine gave it to me, and I was like, okay, sure, I know how to eat good—just broccoli and uh, water. But that's not the case. Um, and I'll just give you a quick examples. Um, this is one chapter. If it's made from a plant, eat it. If it was made in a plant, don't. So it's just simple things like that. You realize you're like, wow, like we're actually eating, you know, pure garbage. Avoid food products that contain more than five ingredients. So if you look on the back of any any product and it has more than five ingredients, you already know you're in trouble. So the reason I chose this book was because health equals wealth. Um, and then I realized that when I was eating good, I was working more. I was feeling better. I didn't have any days off. I, I'd have to some days put my feet up with six pillows because my my stomach would be killing and I couldn't do anything. And I was irritated. I was just upset. And the reason was because inside wasn't good. So outside, I didn't how you expect it to be good. So I think the first besides anything is is making sure your health is good. So not necessarily working out or if, you, if you're not into that, but making sure at least your food is good. That's the base level. That's your, I would say, your uh, foundation.
1: Mm. And, and when did you, thinking about your journey, what point was it that you discovered that book?
0: I would say I would be, uh, I started developing these serious health issues in my mid-20s. So about 10 years ago, I'm uh, I'm thirty 38 now. So yeah, about uh, 10, 10 to 13 years ago, I I picked up this book and, This was kind of really big in helping me get back into healthiness, Um, you know, not necessarily having a six pack, although that was a great goal. Uh, The main thing was making sure, you know, I was teaching myself because I didn't know this. Nobody taught me this Um, And Mm. years ago. The Internet wasn't what it is today. So for me to pick up a book, and then it kind of teach you and it was obviously it was in the beginning of my um, book journey. So I didn't want something too heavy. And this is simple. There's a couple lines per chapter. So it's very manageable. Um, and you can pick it up and read it really quick. And it's, it's a fun read. So it's not boring. And that's uh, yeah, something yeah. that I get very bored, very easy. I'm kind of that squirrel with the, the shiny ball so yeah. i had to make sure it was very simple and and this was the perfect book for that so i bring i still bring it everywhere i go um because i forget and then i look and it helps me a lot and since then i've had no health issues knock on wood um i have a six pack and i feel great so
1: Yay. yes <laughs> um so thinking about as a leader and the businesses were you starting your business back then when when did you actually start
0: um business. yeah so i i had i had a second business uh that i sold um and then invested all of it into bad monkey so it was mm. it was just about the time that I was starting my my uh first business um when i was yeah. roughly twenty five years old
1: yeah I think it's a really nice place to start rather than kind of starting with the business stuff the leadership stuff it's well the foundations aren't there yeah you're no. not gonna be around you're not gonna be healthy of my healthy of mind to be able to yeah. Do the, what you want to do.
0: The typical day for me would look like in the morning, I'd, I would have three, four espressos uh, on an empty stomach. Then my snack and lunch would be a Red Bull and a bag of chips. Uh, then my lunch would be hamburgers with French fries. Um, and then my snacks would be probably at another chocolate bar or Coca-Cola. And then if you just keep thinking about what you're actually ingesting, and then yeah. my dinner is going to be another... Uh, we have here in Montreal called poutine. we probably have a poutine, which like gravy, cheese, and more fries, um, <laughs> and then just finish off with like a pizza at night. So I would just be extremely unhealthy, and then the next day mm. I pay for it, and then just every day you're doing that, um, it would it, it just you know your body keeps yeah. getting worse and worse. So you know since I've I've had this, I don't have, even have a diet. I'll be honest. I do yeah, I do fix yeah, the eating. Like I only eat from eleven. To 10 at night um i don't like morning i still don't eat breakfast but i try not to have five espressos on an empty stomach yeah um
1: <laughs> giving yourself- one
0: time during a meeting my brother's like can you can you relax you've asked the guy seven questions it's been 10 <laughs> seconds so um i've learned now to try to calm down with the espressos we used to have an espresso machine on my desk and just every second click it so um,
1: yeah.
0: take my time change with- your
1: environment yeah. yes Brilliant. Okay, so let's move on to the next book, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad.
0: Yeah. So this is a what? very famous book. Uh, many people have, have uh, you know, read it um, and heard about it. But nobody's actually probably implemented it. And maybe it didn't really affect them because maybe they, they were born with a rich dad. And it's not so much being having a rich person. Uh, that's your father that has nothing to do with it. It's all mentality. Um, And and a big expression I hate is, oh, that's expensive. That is probably the worst statement you can ever say, um, because you're putting these barriers on yourself, calling it expensive. So I'll give you an example. If I ask you to purchase this backpack, right, I'll say, I want $10,000 for this backpack right here. What what would you say? You'd be like, that's way Mm. too expensive. That's a poor mentality. The rich mentality would say, well, what's in the bag? You didn't even ask. It could be a check for $100,000. So it's all about um, getting outside the box and not thinking poor. And that's kind of where we make our bad decisions. And it it has happened to me till recently uh, when we fu- we signed our, our first deal, um, when I put all my money into Bad Monkey and we were we were drowning in debt because we were trying to gain market share and trying to just put back everything into marketing. Um, We made financial decisions that were, if I had had a rich dad, quote unquote, I wouldn't have made those decisions. Um, So it's these little small details that'll take you far. And that's why it's important not to think poor. Um, And poor is not uh, necessarily your pockets, it's your mind. And that's where it all starts from. So I I just wrote a couple things that um, I think your viewers would love. First off, the beginning thing, if you have no experience with finances, is, is improve your, your financial intelligence. Uh, that's just learning, learning little keywords. Um, the second thing would be is learn how to handle your debt. I know it sounds crazy, but for for people that come in my background, we typically spend more uh, than we, we make. So it's little simple things uh, that can get you further and uh, make sure you don't take those poor decisions um, that can lead you to the wrong decisions.
1: Mm. Interesting. And when you think about like how big's the team now?
0: So now we are. So I, I outsource a lot. Um, recently, I would say two years, three years ago, twenty twenty, um, I had about seventy staff, um, and that's just in our Canadian offices. And I found myself to be babysitting Um, more than anything. I was just a dad. And I I have to admit, I I am still a micromanager. Um, I have a hard time with just, you know, giving the reins to people. But I was babysitting and just trying to catch people. And then one day I, I ended up setting a trap for one of my employees, um, and just basically followed him to each client because he was saying he was visiting the clients but in reality he wasn't and the reason was is because he's getting paid hourly so for him to waste time was so then i i sat in the car and i looked to myself and i said what are you doing you're working in the business and not on the business and i wasn't growing the business i was just trying to catch people and that's not why i got into this i got into this to grow a business so for me to, to step, take a step back and it ended, ended up getting rid of a lot of employees and outsourcing everything. Um, and also since I, I've, uh, I have the financial literacy, I realized I wanted things more consistent. So I'll give you an example. My sales team, um, every day was different. Oh, I'd bring $100, one brought 1000 and then every single day was different. And then I didn't know what to pay them. I had to pay their their, their miles on their car. I had to pay their hourly wages. And then I, I was basically a, a full company in a company. So I got rid of all that. We outsourced it. Now I pay 8% to a team and he manages everything. And I just have to write a check for 8%. And I could easily see their sales because he does all the hard work. And I have to just write a check for exactly the same amount every month, which I don't have to worry about sales anymore. I focus on product development and branding. So now we're, uh, I would say less, I would say we're about 40 um and most of that i say 30 of them are in the warehouse um so we're a very small administration team and my administration team is my wife my cousin my brothers i have a couple other key em- employees but mostly uh family because i c- i could always know where they are <laughs> because they're my family so
1: yeah we can keep track of them yeah great it aligns really nicely with the book actually doesn't it how yeah. you how you made that change and, 100% um, And I I think with the book, it's interesting that that example with a bag was like the curiosity and just having that space to be able to think rather than just automatic, you know.
0: And I'll give you another example. So, and this actually was from my uh, investor who's worth uh, half a billion. And he taught me this and he would have been my rich dad if I had one, but he taught me this, that. We were looking for we were growing at I think a hundred percent a year my company, which is unheard of. In my industry, it's seven percent, eight percent. So we were growing so fast. When I mean we were going from like thirty thousand a month in sales to three hundred thousand a month in sales. So imagine at home you're trying to cook and you're cooking for two people, it's easy, but now cook for 20 people. It's a lot harder. So we were growing so fast and we were making these big mistakes. Um, We needed to hire, and I kept looking for people that are 30,000 a year, 40,000, because I was trying to save money. Mm -hmm. But he taught me a quick lesson. He said, If you hire somebody at 100,000, it's not like you have to write that person a check for 100,000 that same day. See how he does for the first month. And if it doesn't bring you more money, then it's a waste. So stop thinking poor and hiring 30,000 because you you hire for 30,000, you're going to get $30,000 worth of work. If you hire for a hundred thousand, you might get more. So, um, I stopped looking at oh, I got to hire the cheapest employees as, and this is this is something that I'll, I'll teach you uh, later with my other book. But it's um, build a winning team. So
1: mm-hmm. that's another
0: chapter in a book that I read, and it's build a winning team, which is what I, exactly I did. Um, and even if it's I had to let go a cousin, uh, a brother, it doesn't matter if they're not a winner. Um, unfortunately, with business, you can't have them with you. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So by the way, these books are all going to be in the show notes. So you can grab them. I had read Food Rules, by the way, the first one. I I saw that I was like, Oh, that looks familiar. And I thought, yeah, I've read that. So and this next one I've read as well, Atomic Habits, James Clear. Very popular. What what point in your journey did that one grab you?
0: I would say recently, I would say in the last five years, um, my brother actually got it for my birthday. And I'm typically the person saying I have good habits, why would I have to read this book? And although you're good at singing, you still have to practice. So that's kind of where I said, okay, you know what? Let's just read the first chapter. You know, let's read the second. Oh wow, it's interesting. Let's read and it just kept me in there. And that's why I like this book is because although it's really recommended and it's it's kind of cliché everybody uh, seems to know this book. It's exactly that reason it's 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 really useful, and even though you think you might have good habits at the end of the day, I bet you don't and it just helps reinforce um a couple things is 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 for me it was about my identity. I mentioned this to you i think when we first spoke is i i i when i when I was on drugs and selling drugs and being a bad person, I didn't want to be a loser, and that's where it, the whole change started is i didn't want I wanted to be proud of my last name, I wanted to be proud of who I am. And I wanted my brothers to look up to me. And at the time, I don't know why they still stuck around because I was such a bad brother, an older brother, and they're looking up to me. And I can only imagine now having daughters looking at them and imagine one of my daughters in the situation that I'm in. So um, for me, it was about two things. One was changing my identity. So that was something that was really big with me changing who I am and who people see me as, and then work Working out consistently, which is with goes with my health, um, and that's another small habit. So I had a hard time getting into the gym or working out because I was just so intimidated. I, I went to the gym and I see these big muscle men, and I'm I'm a bit you know intimidated. Like, wow, well, how can I ever get like that? So I did something small. I put in front of my TV a spinning bike, and I just started going maybe 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes, and watching a movie or watching something, and just try to just get into it. Do whatever you have to do to get into it. Uh, whether that put on a movie and and do, um, you know, jumping jacks, do something just to get started. And then once you get started, you're going to see it's a habit and your body's going to start feeling better. And I'm not even the biggest advocate for for working out. I, I love it. I'll never tell anybody to do it, but it does help you in business. Um, when you your mind is right, your body's right, your pockets are right.
1: Cool. And what kind of habits um, have you introduced into your daily life as a leader within the business
0: um i would say the first thing i do is i don't check my emails cuz that's that's like a downward spiral um awesome. it's very hard for me it's it's something because i'm waiting for you know big deals i have massive deals so for me to wake up in the morning it's like a it's kind of like an ecstasy. It's like uh, I get excited, but I have to tame myself. So uh, before I do that, I just try to do some some breathing work. I, I try to just close my eyes and, and, and envision the day because I know as soon as I open that email, I'm going to automatically be pissed. I, I don't know why. I'm going to get something that, um, you know, even the other day, I'm not even shy to say this. I, I cried because I put so much effort into my work. You know, I, I don't party, all that stuff anymore. I, I focus so hard and then when you do everything right and you still fail, you feel like a failure inside. So I had a long um, project that I was working on, massive deal. I talked to everybody. It was going super well. There was no signs of it going bad. And then I got the, the the death email and I just broke down. And my wife even has I don't think she's ever seen me cry. And I even had to leave. So I went on a bike ride just to get out of the house because I was kind of embarrassed to cry in front of her. And it was, it was more not a cry of, of, of weakness, but it was more of feeling like a failure. And imagine that I was at 35. I was able to be a millionaire and I'm still crying and thinking I'm a failure. So it it doesn't necessarily mean um, because you make money that you're not going to fail in life. I, I I still fail to this day. So that's why for me, it was just let it out, cry. and, And then, since then, honestly, my, my attitude has been, I'm not going to let this affect me as much anymore. Because mm. I would say for the, the next two weeks, I was not the same person. I was doomy and gloomy, <laughs> typical, um, you know, rainy weather uh, personality. So I, I was trying to just do everything. And I realized, you know what, sometimes you're going to fail and that's okay. And, and, and then ended up happening it was funny enough, that same person that had canceled the deal came back to me yesterday and I didn't do anything so and then I kept trying to analyze what did I do wrong did I did I do this wrong maybe the email was wrong and you just try to you you hyper dissect and then you realize no I didn't do anything wrong it was out of my hands
1: yeah it's amazing that
0: yeah I just want to say that even if you think you're doing good I would say just stay even and that's that's the best medicine
1: I'm just pulling you away from this episode because I want to share with you how you can get a copy of the free guide that I've created, in which I share with you several of the techniques that I use with my coaching clients today, and that you can use too, which will help you create more of an impact as a leader, have more influence, and the holy grail, have more time away from the doing. You can use this time for key things like focusing on strategic thinking or going for a bike ride. If you want to grab the free guide, check out the show notes and click on the link. Now, it's really interesting hearing you talk about failure because it's such a popular thing to talk about, you know, to bring in and learning through failure and having a having a way of handling it and just thinking about that difference and how self-destructive it could have been. I mean, it do me gloomy was probably not great, but then to know that it just had, it actually had nothing to do with you anyway, like the perspective shift. But I
0: didn't realize that right away. I didn't realize that right away. It took me, um, I would say two weeks. Imagine that. And I'm not, I've never been that type of guy. I'm usually like, I was good because I used to always ask a lot of girls for their numbers. So rejection for me is, is it was, okay, all right, it's a numbers game. I got to ask 100 girls when I was in high school and maybe I'll get one. So um, I was used to rejection. And even to this day, that's something that I I pride myself on and why we're so successful. It's not because of any connections we've had or rich parents. It's because I'm so persistent, like to the point where I had one time a buyer I see his number and I see his name and I'm like shaking because I've been calling this guy for two years, nonstop sending samples. I'm like, hi, yeah, thank you so much for calling me. He's like, hi, yeah, Joey. I just want to let you know, stop calling me. So he he wasn't (laughs) calling to say that we got the deal. He was calling me to say it's enough. So I actually will do that same thing until they call me and tell me that it's over. (laughs) Uh, We even had a, a store and they're like, no, we don't want your product. Thank you so much. And I'm like, okay, maybe they don't like guys. Send in a send in a girl. So we send in a sales rep, a girl. She's she, like, no, sorry. I said, you know what? Send it for free. No, I don't want your product. So I said, okay, how can we do this? At the same time, we had a good social media following. And we don't use our social media just to promote or, or you know make ourselves proud. We use it as a gun. So what we ended up doing was saying, okay, we want our fans to go in this store, ask for our product, and take a selfie. The winner gets a, a, big, a gift certificate. The manager called me and said, "Listen, we have about 500 people here asking for selfies. (laughs) Just bring your product in; I'll take it." So, you know, it's just about persistence and um, creativity, and that's kind of I pride myself on. But so, yeah, yeah. I basically I'm typically the guy who who just goes and goes and goes. But when it comes to these big deals, massive deals, and I don't get them, I feel like a failure inside. When in Mm -hmm. reality, sometimes Mm -hmm. you're just not ready, Um, and this Mm. actually happens when I got the big first check uh, for my business and I was like, I thought we were, we were made, I think our, our, it was 1.3 million or something like that. Massive for us. And I thought I was the, the you know, the king. Um, and it, it ended up making poor decisions and found myself in trouble again because I wasn't making the right financial decisions.
1: Yeah. These lessons, they can be painful, but it's nice to reflect yeah. and, and know you've got to where you've got to. So great. Atomic Habits is a popular one. It's there for a reason. And you're right about that consistency. That's the thing that makes a difference. So what's next? Your next five moves. Tell yeah. me about this one. What stage did you read this one?
0: This was also a, another book that was gifted by my brother. Um, and it was something, this was recently as well. So this was, I would say a couple of years ago, I took this up and it was more about finding out who yourself is, who you are as a person. That's really where the book is. It's, it's, it's. Um, It sounds like the next five moves and it gives you the next five moves. That's not it at all. It's your next five moves. What are your next five moves? Because sometimes you think like the world is ending, but you're one move away uh, from making a, a, a great decision in your life. So that's what I'd like to say to the folks who are listening is you don't need a thousand moves. You need one. And then that move goes to the next move. And as well, another chapter that I read in there that was huge for me was building a winning team. We spoke about this before, where you have to build a winning team around you. And I don't think I'd be here without my team. Um, And my team doesn't necessarily have to be someone you're paying. I consider my wife part of my team. Um, And my wife was with me when I was in jail. My wife was with me when I went to rehab. My wife was with me all throughout this. And I even asked her, why did you stay around? Um, And she said she believed in me. And and it's funny with some people believe in you and you don't believe in yourself. So it's, I think it's important to have that some people unfortunately don't have that. So they look to other people and and that's why I I like mentoring. Um, I still mentor to this day. I don't charge. um, So any of your viewers want to reach out if you have any questions or you don't have that person. Uh, to help you. I, I'm always there. And there is people that are are still good and that want to help. So I am that person. Um, and basically building my winning team is is taking a step back. I'll give you another example. I was the CEO. It's very, very proud that I was the CEO of, of a million dollar company. And I said to myself, I took the business to three and a half million in sales, but then we started having some problems. And then the year after I was at 3.2 million. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to, not supposed to go backwards. And I, I said to myself, okay, what am, I, what am I doing wrong? And I realized that I wasn't the right CEO. I was the right CEO when I was bringing the business, bootstrapping it, guerrilla marketing. Uh, um, we call ourselves cowboys because it's the wild, wild west out here and just, you know, gunslinging. And, and I was the perfect guy to get it from zero and ramp it up. But take it to 3 million to 30 million, that's another guy. And maybe it's me, but maybe it's me in 20 years. So I had this realization, I need somebody that has experience. So I had to take my pride, put it aside, and we hired a 65-year-old man. Imagine that, a 65-year-old man to come, come on board and take the reins of the company. And I took a step back, and it's the best decision um, I, I, I made. Um, and to this day, we're over $15 million in sales. And i I don't think I could have done it myself because mm-hmm. some of the decisions – um, he's more calculated, or, or maybe he's more patient. Uh, maybe he has more connections. And that's kind of where um, pride can get in the way. And for this time, it didn't, I took a step back, even my brother, very, very high end lawyer, he was uh, uh, a copyright and patent lawyer, I paid his way through school because we didn't have our parents. So I know exactly how good he was. He was, he was studying all the time. He was great. But guess what? When we do our IP and our patent, we, we don't use my brother. We use someone that's a, above him. Um, and it, imagine how insulting that is to go over my brother, but it's my brother's decision. And that's why we've, we're very, uh, I sometimes think we actually look like twins. We think alike. Um, he has a bit more muscles, but I have blue eyes. So it kind of balances out. Uh, but we're, we're very good on, on realizing our strengths and realizing other people's strengths and using those uh, strengths to our advantage.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's such a nice point, isn't it? It's getting a team that can think in a way you can't think so that you're not, you know, so I do sometimes I'm coaching leaders and they feel intimidated by that, but actually that's what you're looking for, isn't it? You're looking for somebody that can have diverse thinking and come at things at different angles. That's beyond what you could do on your own?
0: Well, we'll think about the ego. Let's put it right there on the table. Why would I need to take a step back? I brought the company to millions. I did it. That person is not going to get anywhere. To this day, we meet with anybody that says, hey, I have an idea for you. I, I can improve your business. I'll give you an example. One of my employees came from Mexico, barely spoke any English, was so shy to speak with me because she was embarrassed. Like, what can I offer this guy? Right. Because they're looking at me on a pedestal. But my manager, who I've been with now for five years, told him, no, you don't know, Joey. He's very open to everything. So I'll set up a meeting. So She came in my office, knocked very uh, nice lady and ended up telling me a procedure. uh, I think we could fix this. And it's the line would be better. She ends up saving me now 20,000 a month. Imagine this. And it was the easiest fix. $20,000 $20,000 a month, she ended up fixing for me. We ended up giving her a nice uh, cash a, a gift incentive and a raise and a promotion. So now she's my quality control woman. And we call her our QC girl. And she's just implemented something that's so simple. But I could have easily been like, who's this? Some low-level uh, uh, line employee? I'm not going to take advice from her. So it's, it's putting your ego to the side and then realizing that um, there's people that have better ideas than you. And you just have to take them.
1: And I love what you're doing because so often, especially when organizations organizations get bigger, there's that whole them and us thing, you know, they're the people that look like you say, the lowly people. And then there's us in our, you know, in our fancy office. And then there's this gap and you, you're just real missing that. You're missing so much aren't you. If you've got that gap there.
0: Yeah. And that's why we built a winning team. We have probably like in, in COVID, everyone's like, oh, it must be hard because the, the employees and no, nobody... Actually, I said, uh, no, we've, we have a 100% ret- retention rate. We have zero employees leaving. In fact, we have employees begging us for more hours. The reason is because there's two things. I started this business cooking the popcorn in the back of a Haitian church. So I, I know what the chefs have to go through. Then I deliver the popcorn so I know what the delivery guys have to do. I bag the popcorn so I know what the baggers have to do. I did every position so I know the hardships that it is. So if they tell me it took two hours to produce this amount of bags, I know it's a lie because I did it. Obviously, they're not going to do 100% of what I can do because it's not their business. But we try to one, treat them like family. I know it sounds super cliche, but even the simplest things of you know, giving free fruit. So I have a, a fruit basket every day to come in the morning. And then one of my employees comes up to me, my manager, and says, uh, Mr. Joseph, they're, they're stealing the fruit, the fruit, they're stealing it and they're putting it in their bags. And the first instinct is, is like, who is it? I'm going to catch this fruit, this fruit stealer. But I'm like, I don't know what they're going through. Does this person have no food at home? You know what I ended up doing? I doubled up the fruit, take fruit, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I even give free, you know, it sounds free coffee, free drinks, obviously free popcorn. You know, we pay very well. We try to pay to the point where they can't leave. They 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 don't want to leave. And I tried at first being the mean boss, that didn't work. I tried being the nice boss, that didn't work. So I try to be just now even, fair, and kind of like the father. They can come to me with problems, but I also want them to settle their own issues amongst each other. Um, we have always these these people though, the the cook is dating. The, the, the lying girl and there's just always this drama and we try to stay out of it uh, and just try to let them figure it out but making sure that they're comfortable in the business and paying them enough that they can actually have a living wage and I also love when I hear they have kids I don't know it's not because I'm a father but it's because I know they have to pay bills whereas sometimes you hire the students love them to death but they don't need to get up in the morning so we want people that have to to pay bills and that have to get up in the morning and have a family to provide for um, and that are proud and we give them free merch. We, we just were there um, not to take advantage of them, to, to work with them. And, and they know now specifically with, with, I, I do a lot of in hiring as opposed to um, outsourcing because I like to see that, wow, I can get promoted here. I can, I can grow in this business because if there's no growth, then obviously the flower dies.
1: Yeah. Right. The last book, this one's a little bit more controversial.
0: Yeah, I would I've... say it's my favorite yeah. book. Ooh. I would say Food Rules, but this this for business is, is probably the biggest. And um, it is controversial. I, I just realized that I started seeing a lot of controversy with this book. It's The 48 Laws of Power. I'm actually a newcomer to this book. Picked it up at Target and it was like on special for like $20. So it was just like... I can I couldn't resist. So for me, it, it was now that I have the power, I, I realized that power is is very powerful. And there's a lot of things that I still do to this day that I read in this book that that helped me. There's a lot of stories in there um of history. Um, so you can get a little bit lost. And it is an intimidating book. When my daughters see me reading this, they they ask me why. Um, it looks very boring and it looks like a like a glossary or something. It just, it's very intimidating, but it actually, for me, gets me out of my, my day to day, uh, stress and worries as an entrepreneur. And it kind of shuts my brain down. And I look for a lot of those things because I could be at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 AM, 2 AM, and I'm still working and still writing ideas down. And because it's kind of like, if you have that nine to five, you can close off. But when you have a business that's growing, there's just always so many possibilities and I get excited. And um they, my friends joke i'm like a phoenix i have like a fire in me people have like a spark i have like a, a blaze an inferno in me um that's why I like is it, me and espresso don't go well although i still have them i try to limit to like one or two because i'm already a hyper flame so i don't need any any gasoline because i i can blow up very quickly uh but so this this really just gets me out of my head and um a lot of it goes back to history and um, back in the day. So it, it's really cool to find these these uh, analogies. Um, and basically what I was saying before was something that I was very big on was my parents would come home and I'd have 15 friends at my house thinking they're all my best friends. And nobody could tell me my friends weren't my family. And I ended up realizing, you know, you never put too much trust in friends, learn how to use enemies. Uh, that's a, that's a, a big uh, one for me because I was having these friends that were taking advantage of me and I didn't even realize it. So you know, cutting down your friends to maybe on on one hand you can count, and making sure you use your enemies wisely. So yeah, this book is controversial. I I just started seeing that it's it's a bit controversial, but for me it just gets out it gets me out of my head and and teaches me little little lessons um, that are fun.
1: So it's it's definitely interesting to look at a book that seems to come from a different direction. So g- give a hit us with some of the rules. So this is the forty-eight laws of power. Yeah. Give us some of the, the laws that are that that have resonated most with you. So you've obviously got one there about realizing that you had a lot of friends, yeah. but actually a lot of them probably weren't great for you. So you would be you were overtrusting. Yeah. What what other laws have resonated?
0: I would say um always say less than necessary. So that's a big thing, even in big meetings or even doing big deals with Costco or Disney, saying less is better. Um, And I, myself and other people like to ramble on and you end up catching yourself in a mistake. So I try to say less now and listen more and try to find out what the customer is looking for. Because a lot of the time, I'm trying to push something onto this customer. You need this, you need this, you need it. Did you even listen to what they need? And that's where I take a step back, listen to what they need, do some research, provide value. And I'll give you an example. Disney, I wanted Disney. I said, man, how can we get Disney? That's such a perfect fit for us, but they're a giant. So how can I do this? So I said, okay, instead of asking them for something, let me provide them value. And then if they say no, it's out of my hands, but at least I provided something for them. So I, 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 did what I usually do. I'm very persistent. I messaged about a thousand di- different Disney employees. I ended up finding one that would listen to me. And I said to myself, I don't want anything from you. I actually want to provide you something. I have a large popcorn company, and anybody who opens a Disney Plus account, I will give you a free box of popcorn for them. So imagine you open your Disney Plus account, you get in the mail a Disney plus package and it has popcorn and you're, you're watching movies and you're happy and you got something for free. They loved the idea. They said, wow, everybody always asks us for something. Nobody ever gives us something. So this is just tremendous. Let me get back to my team. They ended up looking into our company. They ended up obviously seeing we have this, this huge, growth that our clients are moms, young families so it's a per- perfect product fit but the idea couldn't happen because of logistically they couldn't give me their clients addresses that would just be obviously um, you know inappropriate. So they said although we can't do this, we love your initiation and we love that you you, you provided value. so now we actually are gonna offer you a three-year deal where you could be the exclusive popcorn for Disney and that's how me and Disney came about and then from Disney, we worked that relationship, they gave me Marvel, then we worked that relationship, they gave me the Simpsons, and now we're just doing everything with Disney. So Disneyland, and we just started making sure that we ticked off all the boxes. So um, that's something that, like I said, it's, it's something that I do too much, is I talk too much in meetings, and I don't listen enough. So that's something that I, I learned from the book, is just, just listen, and sometimes you, they'll tell you exactly what they want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of bosses could learn from that. I'll be in meetings where I have the team and the team lead is there and I'll have briefed them beforehand to say, you know, it's really important that you use this time to really listen and and don't contribute first. Let, let it, and there, but the space, there's like a (laughs) micro millisecond of space where no one says anything and I can see the team leaders just desperately wants to, contribute and it's all comes from the right place but i'm just like and actually i've got a really good relationship with some of my clients and they'll blurt to say something and i'll like, <laughs> put up my hand they know they're like i want to speak i'm like just let people speak allow that to come out
0: it's because we want to hear ourselves talk and we want to feel like we're contributing yeah and people who think they're listening don't feel like they're contributing but they are you ever mm-hmm. see that you ever talk to somebody my brother's a great listener. He taught me this. And he's like he he's just really looking at me in the eyes and, and not not telling me what to do, just listening. And then just by me talking to him and him listening, I realized the problem and he didn't do anything. He just listened to me. So he he's big on on listening um and then talking less um and and implementing that in business, not just and and in life too.
1: Yeah. Love that. Yeah. It's hard to do every day, but when you remember, it's a really good one. Yeah. Great. We're coming to a close. I love the fact we navigated things through your books, and I think there is such an interesting take on things. So thank you so much, Joey. Um, can we get your popcorn in the UK? I'm
0: Shortly. We just we just got contacted from them. I'll I'll be honest with you, the US alone is is already a lot to handle. Um, And just to give you a quick example, an order in Canada. So we have, let's say 30 million. They have in the US 10 times that amount. So we'll get an order for, let's say half a truck. That's a a client similar size in the US will be 19 trucks full. And when I mean full 53 footer big trucks. So it's very hard to just take on the US alone um, so we got already in five countries, we're in the Philippines, we're in all the grocery stores in Jamaica, which is just incredible.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: um, and then the UK, we just got contacted by uh, a big broker out there. But for me, it's not about uh, being in every country. Um, I don't need to be in every country. For me, the goal with this company is to sell it. That was actually I had a five year goal to sell it. Um, we ended up Selling a portion uh, within that time frame, but all of it, I'm looking to sell the business in the next two years. Not because it's not fun or I'm not having a good time, mm-hmm. uh, but it's getting to the point where my shareholders they're looking for a return on investment, mm-hmm. and I just have so many ideas that I want to continue to do. And um, it's been now ten years in this business, so I feel like it's it's a good time. Um, and It'd be sad because it's my baby, but again, I'm I love having babies, so I'll have more babies. Have more uh,
1: babies. It'll just be sad
0: because my my kids—that's all they know. Because I started the business uh, when when they were born or even before, so they just know me as Mister Popcorn Monkey. Yeah. uh, So (laughs) it'll be sad, but like I said, for me, it's I take on challenges and I just look for the next chapter. And it goes back to books. Uh, Life is a book, and I'm just looking for my next chapter. Um, so hopefully in the next 24 months, we sell the business completely, um, Mm -hmm. for multi, multi millions and, uh, I'm never going to retire. Um, definitely going to work, um, but just continue to do stuff that I enjoy.
1: So if anyone listening to this has a, an amazing idea, wants to be part of your next chapter, how can they find you, Joey?
0: Yes, so right now you can go uh, to either my LinkedIn. I'm very big on LinkedIn. I would credit LinkedIn to probably 90% of my business. I'll say that again. Multi-millions came from LinkedIn. So people don't use LinkedIn properly. Um, I get requests every single day and they they look like you've copy-pasted them. They have no heart Um, and you're not looking properly. With LinkedIn, you could find anybody. Every business person that is anybody is on LinkedIn. You know, I have the CEO of Coke on my LinkedIn. You know, I have these big, big players that if ever I have an idea, I could reach out to. So we got all of our deals. We got uh, NBA from LinkedIn. We got Disney from LinkedIn. We met on LinkedIn.
1: Um, so, <laughs> okay.
0: so honestly, I, I would say uh, find me on LinkedIn at Joseph Zapilli. That's probably the best. Go to our, our website, badmonkeypopcorn.com order a box and message me on LinkedIn and I'll put a little special present for you inside. Um, And you could always reach out to me. Uh, I have Instagram at Mr. Zapilli. and don't be shy. I I love helping entrepreneurs. Um, If you have a question, if you're, if you're nervous, how to raise capital, if your business idea is good or bad, I could tell you, and I'd love to help you out because I didn't really have a lot of help. I'm lucky I had my brothers, but um, yeah, I'm here for you guys. If you guys ever need anything
1: amazing such a generous offer and it's been an absolute pleasure hearing your journey and talking to you about where you've got to now so i wish you i don't you don't need luck i wish you luck anyway i'll still take it i'll chapter. take it take I'll it i'll take, take it, it take i'll take it. it and i'm going to send you some
0: popcorn <laughs> too so we have our new we Yay. just innovated by the way which is amazing right now in this uh, sustainability space we just won two awards Uh, for sustainable packaging. So we have the only packaging. It's 100% compostable Mm -hmm. and as well heatable. So what I mean by that is you could put this on the barbie, put on the barbecue. You could literally throw this in the oven, throw it in the microwave, and you have hot popcorn in seconds um, and flavored. So we're the only ones that have this packaging. We invented this. And the reason we were able to do this is because I'm not chasing employees around in my car hiding out.
1: (laughs) This is a great way to finish the podcast making great decisions so that you've got time to think and innovate yep and really kind of get your business where it needs to be so great way to end thank you very much joey
0: thank you so much
1: thanks for listening to the visible leader podcast to stay up to date with the latest episode hit the subscribe button And I'd love to hear what you think, so please leave me a review. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me, Corinne Hines on LinkedIn.